cheated fate by slipping into foo through the gateway because of that he could be killed that was good news unlike so many others who couldn't be killed in foo levin winter and geth were vulnerable and could be eliminated foolish child jamoon said aloud thinking of levin the lore coil had also let jamoon know that sabine was still alive Jamoon was both frightened and relieved by the news. He now stood still, dutifully awaiting his master's return. Jamoon was a rant and very tall, well over six feet, with the right half of his body in the form of a strong and muscular human. His left side, however, was unstable, continually morphing into the shape of the dreams that someone in reality might be experiencing. As a rant, Jamoon lacked the ability to resist or shape those dreams, and his constantly changing half was in perpetual conflict with his normal self. At the moment, Jamoon's left-hand side had assumed the shape of a Brazilian soccer player, expertly dribbling a ball with that one foot. However, Jamoon's entire form was shrouded in a black robe, and the conflict he was experiencing was visible only in the constant gyrations underneath the thick fabric. Jamoon was extremely uncomfortable, and as his right and left sides strained against each other, his body creaked in the frigid air. He shivered violently, the cold of the cave having seeped into the marrow of his bones. His frosty breath ascended to the ceiling of the cave. Come, Sabine, Jamoon whispered. Where are you? In the distance, a mournful howl sounded. It grew louder. Alarmed, Jamoon raised his kilv as if to fight. The noise became clearer, but the darkness kept it a mystery. Jamoon lifted his kilv higher and scratched its tip against the ceiling like a match. The friction made a shrill screech and caused the end of the kilv to glow. Jamoon quickly used the white-hot tip to draw a circle around himself on the floor of the cave for light. The completed arc glowed brightly, illuminating the walls and ceiling of the cave with pale images of old dreams that had been held in the kilv. In the light of the glowing circle, Jamoon could see bits of black as they rippled across the ground. The blackness stopped outside the glowing circle, hissing and screaming as though tormented. Jamoon looked on in disbelief and shivered for a whole new reason. At his feet writhed the surviving pieces of Sabine. Master? he questioned. The black bits did not answer. The explosion of the gateway had blown Sabine apart, leaving nothing but a few hundred tiny specks of him in foo. Those bits recoiled from the circle of light back toward the entrance of the cave, compelling Jamoon to follow. Reluctantly, he stepped out of the light and dumbly obeyed, watching as the remains of Sabine snaked through the long, thick neck of the cave, weaving and sliding as though being controlled by some magnet below the soil. Jamoon followed. Sabine's dark remains exited the cave and swirled out into the open. 
The bright, square sun was just beginning to sink in Fu, and in the rapidly diminishing daylight, the surviving bits of Sabine were screeching angrily. Outside the cave, just twenty feet away from its entrance, stood a phantom tree whose branches were filled with nilbirds. The ugly fowls were frantically pecking at and devouring specks of old dreams. Those dreams had entered Fu, but upon leaving they had dusted the leaves and the ground surrounding the tree. The nils were incredibly dirty birds. Black as rot, they did nothing but consume the residue of once good dreams. They would peck feverishly at trees and soil until the branches were devoid of leaves and the ground was barren. Their call sounded remarkably like a wet cat being wrung out by someone with very large hands. As pest-like and insignificant as they were, this particular gathering of nils was about to become something much more bothersome and significant. The leftover bits of Sabine screamed and writhed on the ground, the noise attracting the attention of the nils. Instantly, every last filthy bird swooped down and began to feast greedily upon the few remaining tidbits of Sabine. Jamun gaped in horror at the frenzied sight, his good right eye twitching uncontrollably. Foul! the soccer half of him hollered. Jamun stamped at the ground and swung his kilv, but the nils were not afraid. The birds simply scattered and immediately took to the sky, circling Jamun in the dusky light of fading day. In a few moments, all the nils had finished eating and were soaring high overhead, their raucous calls creating an ugly din in the gathering darkness. Jamun looked to the soil but could see nothing remaining of Sabine. He shivered as the disappearing sun withdrew its warmth, and the nils continued to circle, swooping lower with each pass. Soon the birds were inches above Jamun, hovering around his robed head. Jamun looked up as the ugly birds began to falter in their flight, losing control of their wings and fluttering desperately. The birds belched and screamed in pain. Apparently, they had eaten something that didn't agree with them. The Sabine in them was taking a toll. One by one and ten by ten, the nils plummeted to the ground, landing with dusty thuds. Jamun covered his head as the flock of dead fowl rained around him. In a couple of minutes, every last one of them had collapsed, heaped around Jamun like a pile of matted fur. Jamun brushed one of the soiled carcasses off his head and shoulders. His breathing was heavy, and he could smell the stench of the dead nils. He looked around. Sabine is dead, he whispered, and a thin smile appeared on the right side of his mouth. The soil beneath the dead nils hissed. Goal, the left half of Jamun yelled. The soil hissed again, and the dead bodies of the nils began to flutter and twitch. The spastic motion continued for a few moments, after which the dead birds began to rise. The nils were very much expired, but thanks to their fermenting final meal, their dark bodies were moving. Slowly at first, then more rapidly, hundreds of dead black birds rose from the ground. 
they beat their wings and took to the air, screaming and swirling in a dark cloud about Jamun's head and hovering over him. There was no soul in them, but the final evil traces of Sabine caused their muscles and wings to still burn and react. Jamun pointed toward the birds and moved his right hand forward. The nils moved as instructed. Jamun lowered his hand, and the dead birds swooped to the ground and began to tear at the soil with their talons, furiously clawing at the earth. Jamun raised his hand, and the nils rose and circled in a large black cloud behind him. Jamun liked the feeling of power. His right side smiled. Sabine was dead. But in his dying, he had given Jamun a powerful tool in the fight to merge Fu and reality. Jamun had the loyalty of the many armies of Rance and those who fought to escape. Jamun also possessed the secrets and traditions Sabine had instilled in him. He was a Rant, but Sabine had shown Jamun great things. Sabine had trusted him more than he trusted any other, and Fu knew this. Those in dark power would have no trouble aligning themselves with him. Jamun could continue the battle to mesh his world with reality, to take the power and gifts of Fu and rule the physical world, a world that wasn't even aware of Fu's existence or of the sacrifices of its inhabitants. Jamun believed that if Fu and reality were merged, he would finally be whole. No longer second, Jamun breathed. Jamun turned back toward the cave, motioning the dead nils to follow. The hordes of tattered and filthy-looking birds obeyed his will and swirled about him. Their obedience gave Jamun a feeling of...